I feel wonderful. 14, 16 hours a day for the last three or four days. Well, one the one day was about 22. I feel wonderful. And uh, I think what night was that? That was Friday night. We worked 14 hours. I went up and got on the treadmill and came down. And, and then I got about, I don't know, maybe I got four hours sleep after that. And got up. I'm good. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, man, God, listen, you, you, if, when you go on a journey with God, God will show you stuff that you thought that you couldn't do. You'll show you things that you thought that you weren't capable of doing. Yes. And that's what he wants to do in your life. There's so much inside of you that you have to take the journey. Yes. You have to take the journey. Because in your head and even in your heart, yeah. you want to do it. But you have to just let go. God wants to show you great things. And you are in the right place. This place ain't for everybody. But it's for so many Yes. Okay, so listen. We go back to Mark chapter 11, verse 20. Right, Mark eleven twenty, it says this. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, a fig tree which thou uh, curses is withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt. In his heart, but he shall believe that those things which he, he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, that what, what, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and you shall have, you shall have them. He says, when you pray, believe you receive. This is what we were talking about last week. Good strong message last week, if you got, if you... Uh, weren't here, you can go on uh, the Podbean channel, my Podbean channel, where my podcasts are, or it's on the Facebook page. I posted it there. We're on the Facebook page, and you can listen to part one. This will be part two. But he's saying something very strong here that I, I, I've told you a lot of times that people have made this just so super spiritual they can't grab it. Right? And I'm going to tell you something. Everything that Jesus said, every word that came out of Jesus' mouth was spiritual, but it was for the purpose of us grabbing it right now. You think about who we are. Uh, as human beings, we, we're very much so attached to earth. If you don't think you're very much so attached to earth, go, uh, go, uh, go X amount of days without eating. Now, you can do it once you we all know we can do it because we've done fast. But, uh, you go too long without eating and you'll drop. I'm talking about, I'm to, to leave this place. You need physical, you need, uh, uh, physical nourishment. There's physical things you need, right? So we're, so we're, uh, we're, we're just as much human as we are spirit. And a lot of times we forget about the spiritual aspect of who we are because that's first. Because the, the flesh part is temporary. It's going to pass away. But the spirits are, spirits are made to live eternally. We're going to live eternity and eternity or eternally somewhere. Either uh, in heaven with Jesus or we're going to be in the other place. Amen? And so, but we have two connections. Your soul is connected to two places. Right? You connect it to, to the spirit world and you connect it to the flesh. And you get signals coming from both places. 
Right? So God says to us, He says, when you pray doing the spiritual act, believe that you receive in the natural things that you call for in the spiritual place. Believe that you receive in the natural environment the things that you are calling for in the spiritual environment. When we talk about believe you receive or anything great that ever happens or anything powerful that ever happens, anything that, uh, that miraculous that ever happens, it happens in right here in this space right here. This space represents the altar. I'm not just talking about this place in a, from a physical standpoint, but it comes from prayer time. Yes. Right? If you ever met anybody, you say, this person here is a person that has tremendous faith. You say, yo, no person has tremendous faith without a tremendous prayer life. Exactly. You can have tremendous faith without a tremendous prayer life. You have to have a prayer life. Yes. What does a tremendous prayer life look like? That means that you spend some time. It ain't like, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to say that. I almost said somebody want to say uh, but it's not like one of those situations where you, you know, real quick and you come down and you hit, you know, you can pull this one, you know, but it's not that quick, right? You have to do more than that. You have to spend some time. You know, I, I spent, I, I have spent literally a year, years praying for certain things. Years. Right? Well, you say, was it worth it? Man, that's a long time. And I'm not talking about every, every hour of my day, but it's on my mind. But I'm talking about I might spend an hour or two a day praying for something. Three, four, five times a week. Right? I'm engaged in that thing. And so, why is it that God, that's the way God wants to bring things to pass? I don't know why that is. Alright? I think one, one of the benefits of it is it takes, it, it, it starts to diminish who you are. It starts to decrease who you are and who you think that you are. I think it starts to strip away the parts of you that God don't want to, that God don't want to take on the journey. Right? Because when you're in, atmospheres mean everything. I was listening to, uh, uh, and I'm going to reference two or three things he said this morning because they were very good, good examples. So. But Ken Hager was talking about it. Y'all, everybody here can relate to it. He said he went to these, these people's house and he went to go visit them. And then they, him and his wife walked in the door. They was, they was on the, they was visiting the town and they were friends of theirs. And so they just stopped by. Right? And so the good enough friends stopped by. He said when they went in the house, they could feel him and his wife both. The other people were going around, you know, whatever. They people just dropped in. Let me go do this and brush my teeth to do whatever I got to do. So they left him in the room for a second by themselves. And him and his wife both spoke to each other. And they said, uh, there have been sharp words spoken in this house. You ever went over to somebody's house and knew they just got through fighting? Huh? You ever went in there and it felt like it was an argument that just took place? You ain't said nothing. Right? You just know something happened. Because environments are real. There are people that, almost everybody that comes into the restaurant, they say, they, they, I'm talking about, they say, this is a happy place. That's what they say. This is a happy place. I feel good here. Good things here. And they, they just do it. They just talk. And I'm, I'm just scratching my head. Huh? Y'all, just all of this stuff that we didn't do that, that they feel, right? And so because it's, environments are real, you can go into a place where it's real sad or it's something. I mean, uh, you know, funeral home, for example. Right, you can go into funeral home, most of the time funeral home is everybody walking slow, wearing black, whispering. Nobody really talk loud or You know how we talk about that It's I'm not talking about how when the service, the service is going on. This, they, as soon as they step in the door, they, they go to whisper mode. And then even they see somebody they ain't seen in a long time. You know what I'm saying? Because that's that type of environment, right? 
But it can even be, but if you get somebody in there, you get a bunch of people in there that's like that. Or bearing somebody, they know this was a saint, the person going on to heaven, and they love them, and they get inside the place, they, it's, it's happy in life. Right? Nobody worry about the person going to hell. We know they went to heaven. They changed a lot of lives, took a lot of lives, went when they were ready, when it was time for them to go. Praise the Lord. Right? So environments are real. Environments are real. You can have an environment of fear. You go around someone that's always afraid, always scared, and before you know it, guess what? You're going to walk around here afraid, afraid, and scared. Right? And that's because environments are real. Environments create atmospheres. Atmospheres are soulish uh, uh, places. And it'll get on you. And so just the same way you can create negative atmospheres, you can create positive atmospheres. Right? You can create an atmosphere of faith. Now this is a strange place because by nature, by nature we are fear beings. Right? And, and I'm going to tell you what, what, how that happens a lot of times. Now these things are taught, theories are, are taught and learned behavior in most senses. And I'm going to tell you one of the stupidest things that I see year after year around this time. That I was in the Home Depot the other day. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Home Depot and McCoy's and different. I spent a lot of time in stores, period, right? More than I want to. So I'm inside of there and they have a Halloween exhibit over there about power tools, right? So they got the Halloween exhibit. The little kids in the basket, maybe two or three years old, it's, it's crying. The baby's crying. Ah! And the parents are trying to say, it's okay. The mean, scary monster is okay. No, that's natural. To not want to jack with the Grim Reaper opening and closing his mouth and breathing fire out. You look kids, right? And so you teach the kid to be comfortable with scary stuff. Right? I remember when our kids were little, uh, people thought we were, we were crazy because we wouldn't let them watch like scary movies. Right? I mean, you watch scary movies and then you go to bed and then, you know, and then, what's that? What's that? Did you hear that? That was real. Something, somebody's here. Something's in here. Something's in here. I'm in almost every case where I have seen somebody that had some kind of, even if it was real demonic activity, they, they, they have some activity going on that supports that whole, that whole situation. Something you watch, something you do. And I'm talking about some of these people here, folks in the church, and you wouldn't think that going through that, but if I trace the roof down, well, hey, well, you know, uh, you got this movie. You got these movies about these flying demon monkeys, and you watch it every night. What, what else you think gonna happen? That's right. Okay, so with, with the kids, not only we wouldn't let them watch scary movies, you can't even watch Scooby Doo. I mean, yeah, Scooby Doo. You can't watch Scooby Doo, and you can't watch Casper Friendly Ghost. Right. Right now, I'm gonna tell you something. My daughter used to be super fearful. Oh, boy, she was scared of everything. We took away Casper Friendly Ghost and Scooby Doo, and help them out. Now, it's to you as a dog, Scooby Doo, this is and this is. Listen, Shaggy was scared of everything. The dude, not the dog. It was Scooby Doo. You know, they was always scared. So what are they doing? They teaching kids. Don't kids mimic TV? Let it go. Let it go. Man, how many kids were singing that Frozen song from that cartoon? Little kids sing everything. They soak up every environment they're around. So when Scooby Doo and Shaggy teaching my kids to be afraid. Now, I know, now, now, put it down on something else. We don't need you to get that inside of your situation. Then we're trying to go to bed at night and talk about, I'm scared. Right? Casper, the friendly ghost. There's only one friendly ghost, and that's the Holy Ghost. Right? All the rest of the ghosts, so I don't want to teach my kids to be cool with the ghosts. 
Right? That's why the kids come out like an invisible friend. Uh, you don't. Know? We need to talk about that. Right? So some of these behaviors get learned from simple things. Now we wouldn't be stupid about it. We just we explain to the kids now you just don't need to do it. We, we saw what it was doing. Then after a while, my daughter, guess what? We go to the uh, amusement park. She wants to ride all the roller coasters. She ain't scared of nothing. Right? But that was a problem when she was a kid. And we had to trace it down to the root. Talking about environments. There was another, uh, we lived in some apartments over on uh, 45. Blue ass apartments. So we, had, we, we lived on the bottom floor and we had the neighbors on the top floor. And so one day the dad, he came over. And uh, we, we weren't being a good witnesses. We weren't being good evangelists at the time. Because who was just so busy going back to the church? But he came to the door one day. He knocked on the door. He said, ooh, that hurt. Burn my finger. He knocked on the door and he says, uh, he says, you're a preacher, right? Yeah, don't tell me that. That's, that's bad, man. <laughs> so he knocked on the door and he says, you're a preacher, right? I said, yeah. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm a preacher. He says, uh, what, man, he said, I need, I, I need to talk to you. I said, well, come on in and sit down. What's going on? He says, my daughter. He says, at nighttime, she, she has stuff, you know, crawling on her. She says, we don't see nothing, but she wakes up in the morning with these whelps on her legs and on her arms. I said, well, yeah. I said, well, yeah, of course, we'll pray with her, this, that, and the other. So we go down, we get to talking to the kids, and we wound up uh, becoming good friends when we take the girls to church with us uh, to our Friday night service that we did. They came with us all the time. They hop in the car, and they just became part of the family for that season. But when I got down there, they had all these video games and these, the music and all this stuff that they was, you know, putting themselves into. Uh, surround. That was their whole life. All this super scary, uh, bad, even some Satan worship kind of stuff. And so that environment was affecting them. Point I'm trying to make is it's not a, a lesson in demonology this morning. I'm just trying to tell you that whatever you you put your whatever environment you put yourself in, you're going to be affected by it. So in life, if you you got situations where uh, some of us as adults are afraid to take risks because we are surrounded ourselves with fear for things. You know, listen, you don't watch no soap opera. Everybody on the soap opera on the TV show, favorite TV show, everybody's scared on that. Scared to do anything, this, that, and the other people don't want to do. Listen, there's some TV shows I used to watch when I was a kid. I had to cut them things out. I'm going to tell you, one show we used to watch, Good Time. Good Time. They were stuck in that apartment. Now when I got older, I realized they were stuck in that apartment all them years. They could never get a break. Every time something happened, James could come out of that place. He James got moved to the office. They could Something always happened. They could never move. I had to shut that down. Listen, I don't need that in my mind. And so he said, man, that's radical. Listen, do you know how hard it is to do anything? It's hard to do anything. And if you don't focus, you don't stand a chance. You might make a little progress, but if you really want to see something happen, you have to learn how to focus. You have to be on purpose about certain things. You got to move certain things out of your life. You got to move certain people out of your life. Some of us don't want to let people go. That's my friend. We have so much fun. But you know what? They're lazy, they're sorry, and they're fearful. And I'm trying to do something else. So you know what? I'm going to put you in this category. We do these things together. When it comes to this, you can't have no part in this. I'm going to limit my activity or totally get rid of you 100%. Right? Now, most time when I do something like this, it's because of numerous attempts to try to help the person change. When I, when, I, when I understand they don't want to change, I have to put you in that folder. Because my, my life belongs to the Lord, and I have very important things that I have to do. Everything that I do, I do it in consideration with God. Talking about atmospheres, and environments. So God, he says this in Mark uh, chapter 11, verse 20 through 24. He said, I want, I want to create an environment of faith. 
Right? And when the disciples walked around Jesus, that's what kind of environment it was. Jesus didn't go around scared of nothing. He wasn't scared to go nowhere. He wasn't scared to say anything. He was. He did whatever. He said, listen, I only do what my father tells me to do. And I don't, I, and he had one situation where he was shook up a little bit. Well, he was shook up a lot. But he overcame. And then when he finally came down to go to the cross, he said, look, if, this, if there's any other way, we can do this. Right? So why, why, did, why, why, did, why, did, why did that affect Jesus in that way? Remember what I said? He was 100% God. He's 100% human. So we're 100% spiritual. We're 100% human too. So the human part of him said, hey, look, I don't want to do this. And a, a friend of mine, one of the guys that uh, 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 start, mentored me some when I first got saved, his name was Sam Bass. Right? Now, Sam Bass was at the time I was 22, 23. Sam Bass was 77, 78, or something like that. And that man had to say some stuff, brother, that'll change your life that quick, one step. And Sam Bass, we were talking about that, that particular issue. And Sam Bass said something to me. He said, uh, Christ took Jesus to the cross. I said, what? He said, yeah, Christ took Jesus to the cross. Christ representing the, the deity uh, of the, being the Messiah, who he was, took the human part of him to the cross. So God in him took, took over. When the human part of him was having problems. Right? So understand, Jesus was born of a woman. He wasn't human, 100%. But he had God on the inside of him. He was God, he had God on the inside. So that's the same way, we have the same access to the same power. When the human part of you wants to say, no, I'm afraid I'm not going to go do what something God told me to do. The God in you will help take you to the level of the way you can do what God wants you to do. The scripture says that when I am weak, he is strong. Right? And so I uh, understand something. The divine part of you can take you where you need to go, but you need to submit and you need to create that atmosphere. That's why prayer is so important. Prayer gets me connected to the divine part of me. I can't listen. I can't hang around God for extended periods of time and not come out acting like him and thinking like him. I can't. And so one of the major things that you get from hanging around God is his great love and his great care for the world and for people and for his mission. That's one of the things that you get from hanging around God. So if I spend time in prayer, God begins to show to me things that he got on his mind. Things that concern him. Things that touch his heart. And so because God, when I'm spending time in prayer, I'm developing a relationship with my friend. And so I want to care for my friend. I want to be involved in what my friend is doing. And so God says, listen, I have this great burden on my heart to do uh, this particular thing. It's, you know, and, and so he don't even have to ask you to help because God is so loving. You just want help. When you hang God, can I help you? Can I help you with that? And he says, well, well yeah, I want you to help you. This is, this is what I got going on, and this is what I need to do. Now, listen, God needs human partners. Right? He needs human partners because he's not... The only way he exists here on the earth right now, through, of course, through his presence, but his spirit inside of us. That's, you know, we, we, if, if God's gonna go, we gotta go. We, his, we're his people. If he's gonna go do something, we gotta go do it. Well, he's telling somebody, well, God will do it for you. God gonna send whatever he's gonna do for you through some kind of human being. Right? See, the only currency on the earth right now is his cash. Credit cards is human, is human money. There's no middle ground money between the spiritual and the, and the natural. Now, God will make a human give you the cash. But the cash will come from a human being. Right? So God, he works through people. And all the times that you got encouraged in your life, you know, now, I can sit down at this stage. 
I can sit down, I can hang out with God, listening to the word of God that's coming out of the mouth of some man. When I'm, who's on YouTube but men and women? Nobody on YouTube but men and women. So God is, whatever, wherever you hear, KSBJ, whatever song, listen, these songs, these worship songs, come out of the mouth of a human being. When I, when I come in here and I have my prayer time, my worship time, I am singing or, 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 or thinking about something that God said through a human being. He needs human partners. That's the way he does what he does. See, but as a human partner, you have to be willing to pay the price for whatever God wants to do. The disciples understood this principle. That's why they go into town and preach something unpopular and the people beat them up and throw them out. You know what they did? They dust off their clothes, put bandages on themselves and going back. Because what? We have to spend so much time with God, right? And I'm going to tell you what else they did. They saw an example of Jesus. Jesus didn't just get beat up and thrown out of town. Right? So when they watch this whole thing, Peter yet watching from a distance. He watched from a distance, but they saw Jesus do what he said he was going to do. He said, man, some man is going to be offered up. They're going to treat me real bad, just, just a short while. They're going to do me real bad. And they saw Jesus know. They didn't shock him. He did exactly what he said. And so you know what? Jesus did. You know, they, they, they beat him across the back, uh, uh, put railroad spikes in his hand, made him carry it on across the hotel. They said, hey, if Jesus did it, this, this is what the work looked like. So getting beat up and thrown out of town, that's why they dust themselves off and came right back. Because Jesus set the example. This is what the work looked like. And so now, an attitude like this only comes from hanging around God. You can't have an attitude like that if you don't hang around God. You're not going to have an attitude to sacrifice. You're not going to have an attitude to serve if you don't hang around God. We talked about last week how the, how the mother brought the two sons over. She said, hey, look, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, I got these two boys, and I think they're fine boys, and I just really want you to. When you come into your kingdom, that kingdom you're talking about you want to come into, I would really appreciate if you let one sit on your right and one sit on your left. Because they're fine boys and they're mine. Right? And so, you can't hang around God and have an attitude like that. And Jesus said, hey, well, you, are you willing to be baptized with the baptism? Are you willing to be baptized Are you willing to go through what I'm willing to go through? And he said, you're going to go through. You're going to go through. But he said, this is what you ask is not mine to get. Atmospheres and prayer, having a prayer life puts you in an atmosphere to care for God. And then once you get in a place where you care for God, you want to do things for God, then it requires faith to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. And so God says here in uh, Mark eleven twenty four, He says, "What sort of things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them." Amen. Right? When you ask me for something, the next step you need to take is act like you got it right now. Why? Why should you act like you got it? Because He said, "When you pray, whatever you ask me for, believe you receive, and you shall have it." Because He said so. He gonna do it for you. Now let's watch and see how this happens. Let's. Let's take a couple of scriptures here. We'll, we'll be wrapping up. Let's go to Luke chapter 1, verse 28. Luke 1, 28. We're going to figure it. Go ahead and make this real simple for you. Somebody say, believe you receive. Believe you receive. Believe you receive. Folks, I told you last week, you're looking for a job. Believe you receive it. You don't have to just jump real spiritual with it. I asked God about it. I, I got it. God's going to do it for me because he loved me. And he controlled everything, right? He's, he's the power. 
Believe you receive. Whatever you ask, whatever you're asking for. Now, now listen. You can't be like, a man told a story one time. He told a story about uh, people had these owls would come and, and they had some kind of feeder outside. And so the owls would come and, and when he got out there to go feed the owls, they would eat the, the food and the owls would be rocking like this, like this, as long as he feed Just rocking like this. Right? And so as soon as he take away the food, they just do emotions like this. And, and you know, the man said, that's the way some people are when they come to church. Yes, amen. As long as you, you're feeding, we're talking, we're preaching. Yes, yes. As soon as you get out of church. <clears throat> Fear, doubt, unbelief. While you're in church, amen. Yes, that's good. He can do everything. In church, no, ain't no way. We're going on. Don't be like that. I'm going to show you why you don't have to be like that. Well, I say, Luke, everybody over there with me. Luke 1, 28 through, through 39. Watch this. We're going we're to see here why we can believe we receive. Mary's going to show us. She's going to be an example for us. Luke 1, 28. It says, it says and the angel, uh, angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed uh, art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled. At his saying, and cast her, uh, cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Verse thirty. And the angel said unto her, Fear not. Right. So listen. Look at God dealing with fear right here. Before he gets ready to, to, to do this amazing thing, he says, We got to deal with the fear. I can't be scared. Get rid of the fear right now before we go any further. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. So he tells her, Fear not. She found favor with God. That's two things. Don't be scared. You, you found favor with God. Right. Uh, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth the son and shall call his name Jesus. Now you say, well, when we look at this story, look at this example, we talk about Mary, this, this, this. You understand that you, uh, in essence, do the same thing with whatever God puts in your spirit. God plants something in you, you conceive it, and he wants you to bring it forth. It's the same process. Uh, verse 32. And he shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest, and the, uh, the Lord uh, shall give unto him the, the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and the king and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall I how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? She had a legitimate question there. She said, I've never been with a man. How are you talking about I'm gonna have a baby? Now, so this must be some miraculous birth that's going to take place. If it's going to happen, it's going to have to be miraculous. It's going to have to be supernatural. The thing that God has in you and you say, God, how am I going to do this seeing that I don't know how to do this? Right? So we ask the same question. How am I going to pull this off and I don't know what I'm doing? Right? Don't never let that stop. Right? Verse 34, then Mary said unto him, the angel... Uh, how shall this be seen? I know not a man. And the angel answered. Now listen, 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 listen. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost, somebody say the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So this is how 
the whole situation came forth and why she could, if, if you go on and you read further in there, she tells the angel, she says, be it unto me according to thy word. What's that mean? I believe I received. Why did she believe she received? Because the angel explained, he said that the power of God is going to come over you in this thing. And overshadow you in this thing. And what shall come forth? Shall come forth by the power of the high. That's why we can believe that we receive. Because when God says something to you or he makes you a promise. Right? You understand that it's going to be the power of God overshadowing your situation. That's going to cause this thing to be going to come God's power is going to make it happen. That's why I can believe that I receive. That's why I can get excited when God gives me a job and I don't have a nickel to pay for it. Oh, yes, we're going to do this amazing thing in Jesus' name. You don't have any money, sir. I'm not worried about that because the power of the, the, the highest is going to overshadow. God's going to overshadow the project. And God's going to make it happen. Why would God do this for me? Because I'm favored of God. Are you special? No, God favors all his kids. He loves all his kids. And you know what? If I will receive the promise that God has made for me, I can see the thing that God has promised me. If I will receive the promise that God has made to me, I shall see the thing that God has promised me. Yeah, write that down because I might not remember that from church. I might not remember that in a minute. If I will receive, if I will believe, what did I say? Yep, yep. If I will receive the promise that God has made to me, then I shall see the thing that God has promised me. It come from God, so just go past my memory. That didn't come out of my brain. It came from God. If I shall receive the promise that God made to me, I can see the thing that God promised me. Right? Everybody in the Bible, anything that was done, anything special for God, the only thing they had was a promise from God. They had God's word. Right? Okay, so we don't have a, pro- a problem doing this in the, in, the, in the world today. A promise from somebody, do you know that a check is a promise? When you take a check from somebody, they, they promise to pay you. That's all it is. And so if you can take a check from a human being, you can take a check from God. You don't think, you, you, would you refuse a check from God? God write you a check and say, yeah, it's good. It's good. Take it to the bank. Well, God wrote you a check. Did you know God wrote you a check? Some of y'all didn't cash you the check. He wrote you a check right here. Mm-hmm. He made you a promise to pay. That's all the check is. I'll pay. It's right here. That's right. But see, what the thing is, you're looking for the wrong, you're looking at the wrong bank. You trying to go cast a check? Now, see, I thank the wood for us, right? I can't go up in the Capital One and cash that, and walk up to the teller and cash that that thing over there. So you 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 you're looking for your money and taking the check to the wrong bank. You're looking for to people. You're looking to situations. You're looking to something. See, God's checks are funny because you walk around with the check, but you don't never know when God's going to lead you to the person that cast the check. See, God got all kinds. God has banking agents. Right? So you got the check, and, and you can't just run up to one counter with, but really, yeah, you can run up to the counter of God and say, God, you wrote me this check. I need to cash it. And you know what God's going to say? It's just a minute, I'm going to send a teller to you. Just a minute. I, I, got, I got a worker. One of my employees is going to come and cash that check. So you take your check that God has wrote out to you to the bank of God. 
And God said, just a second, I'm going to have one of my tellers cash that check. What is the check? The check may be for healing. God wrote me a check and said that by your stripes that I am healed. Right? So God gave the cash and healing check. You thank you to the Lord. And God said, just a second, I'm, I'm going to get the check cash. Just give me a second. But see, what we want is we want everything instant, like we used to go into the bank. Instant cash. Sometimes we have to wait on God's check. But God said, for sure, I'm going to cash the check. I made you a promise. He said, I am not man that I should lie, nor the son of man that I should repent. Have I not spoken, shall I not make it good? Every person that ever served God, only thing they had from God was a check, a promise. But that promise was good enough for them. Is the promise good enough for you? Got to keep it moving. So the, the way that it's going to happen, why we can believe we receive is that God, the power of God will overshadow whatever he said he's going to do. There was one more I wanted to read. Yep. Yeah, I got to do this one. I got to do this piece. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. I want to show you something here. And, 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 and again, I'm using these examples because they, they do go back and forth. But every example, I'm going back and forth. This is the ones that I'm talking about today. This whole check example kind of goes and it plays uh, to prove a point. But here's another situation that goes and plays in, in front of proving our point right here. Uh, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. This one is very important. Very important. And this is something that God's just beginning to show me right now. And this one can cause great blessing or can cause great pain. Great blessing or great pain. 25, 14 through 30. I want you to listen. I want you to listen. I want you to listen. 25, 14 through 30. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man... Traveling into a far country who called unto his servants and delivered unto them his goods. We talked about this a little bit last week and everybody knows this story. And unto one he gave five talents and to another he gave two and to another he gave one. And to every man according to their several ability and straightway he took his journey. Now several ability means that he didn't give a person more than they could handle. He gave them according to what they could handle. He knew what they were capable of. The master knew the people he was working with. And he says, I'm, I'm not going to give you more than you can handle. I'm going to give you what I give you. You can work with it. And I want you to understand something. God is not going to give you something you can't handle. When you feel like God uh, gave you something and you say, I can't handle it, that means you need to go back to him because if he, he wouldn't have told you you could do it if you couldn't do it. There's some things that I'm doing today in my life that I didn't think I could do, but God, God's blowing my mind. Right? But you have to trust him. And he, he can do it. If he tells you he can do it, you can do it, he, you can't. Uh, and unto one he gave uh, five talents, and to another he gave two, and to another he gave one, and to every man according to his several ability, and straightway he took, took his journey, verse 16. Then he said, then uh, he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made another five talents. So what did he do? He exercised his faith. He exercised his faith. He took what God gave him and he made something of it. Uh, verse 17. And likewise, he that had received the two, he took and gained another two. Right? So he went and exercised his faith. He said, well, the Bible don't say that he exercised his faith. All right. Just wait. Verse 18. But he that had received the one 
went and digged into the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of the house of the souls of those servants cometh and reckoning with them, like they're going to do some accounting. And so he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, "Lord, thou delivered unto me five talents, and behold, I have gained." Beside them five talents more, verse 21, and the Lord said unto him, well done. God said that this is a good thing, that you took what I gave you and made something of it. Sometimes we think that the whole, the whole we're a better Christian when we don't do nothing. Now God said, right, listen, and let's, let's, keep on, let's keep on doing this. Now this, this is not Jesus saying that he's the, the, the Lord, but Jesus is the one telling the story. And you have to pay attention when some of the examples that somebody uses. Uh, verse 21, And the Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee a ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Verse 22, And he also that had received the two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained other two talents. And his Lord said unto him, Well done. Right? You have, you, you, you've borne fruit. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Thou has been faithful over a few things. Now he's talking about being faithful there. And I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had had the one received the talent and came to the Lord, came and said, Lord, I knew that I were a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown. Man, how you reap what you don't sow? That sounds supernatural. There's something special about you. Right? So he, he, he came out in his conversation. He tried to fix it. And say something that was going to be good. But you said the wrong thing coming out the gate. You said you know. that I know that you're a man of high expectation. To do things that people can't even explain. Right? Uh, reaping where you has not sown. And gathering where you has not strawed. Verse 25. And I was afraid. So the other. This guy says he was afraid. It caused him not to do nothing. So if we look at the reciprocal of this. The other guys had to have faith. Which caused them to do something. This guy's fear caused him to do nothing. Those guys' faith caused them to do something. I was afraid. And I went and I hid my talent in the earth, and lo, thou hast that which is thine. And his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. This wrote in red. Jesus is making this example, and the man tells him he's wicked and lazy. He said, Thou knewest that I reap where I, I sowed not. So he used the man's own speech against him. He just went back to saying what the man told him, came out of his mouth with and gather where I had not started. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchange. Or you could have at least put it in the bank. You know, the bank gives sorry interest right now. But you could have got something back. You just stuck it in the bank. Right? And so he goes on. He's talking to this man. He gives him a, a, this, this. Talking about how the master really got on this guy for not doing anything with what God gave to him. The point I want to make about this situation right here is that in life, in life, there are windows of opportunity. There are windows of opportunity that God will open. And if you do not step into that window, when it's like a bus, that you have a bus schedule, and the bus comes at this time and pick you up, and if you miss that bus, you don't step on the bus, it could take a while for that bus to come back around again. Exactly. And see, God's bus going around, sometimes it takes years. God ain't going to come back in 30 minutes. It could take years for God's bus to swing back around. There are windows that open. And when the window opens, you have to perceive that this is an opportunity or an open window from God 
And you have to have faith to step in the window before the window closes. And fear will cause you to miss opportunities that God puts in front of you. Talking about windows of opportunity. Remember the man that was uh, laying at the pool, I think it was the uh, pool of Bethesda, and, and he said that he had been there for 38 years. And Jesus walked up to him and Jesus asked him, he said, wilt thou be made whole? And the man started telling his story. This is not the time to tell your story, Jesus. This is the time to say, yes, there's a window open right now. Jesus is standing in front of you right now. You want to talk about a pool of water that gets troubled and some folks are getting healed from it, but the living water is standing in front of you right now. Don't tell me about a pool of water when the living water is standing in front of you right now. There's a window of opportunity right here. Jesus is asking you, look, I'm here now. Ready to do this thing. We thought you were willing to do this. You want me to do this for you. In life, windows open. And let me tell you something. And the devil knows that windows open. Yes. And he knows that windows close. Now, God ain't the type of God that's going to keep the window closed forever. Pastor, you can't just say that. You can't. I gave you two examples already. I'm going to give you another example right now. Moses went over there to go get the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt. He said, God said, oh, I'm excited. Today is the day. I'm going to take you out to the land flowing with milk and honey. It's going to be so great over there. We're leaving the bodies behind, and I'm going to take you to this place, and it's going to be fabulous. I have great things over there planned for you, and I have great things planned for you. I have great things planned over there for everybody. Go check it out and see that I'm not lying. Go take a look at it for yourself. Send some men, 12 guys over there to check it out, and they go inside there, and all the 12 men came back, and they said, whoa. The land sure is flowing milk and honey. Everything that God said is over there. It's a wonderful place. Matter of fact, we even brought back some of the grapes. So big, it took two of us to carry one cluster. God wasn't lying about nothing that he said. But, there's some big dudes over there too, bigger than these grapes. And so we, we, we can't beat them. I look at the muscles on that one big guy. Did you see the muscles on I look at most of them, one guy, and we looked like grasshoppers in their sight. He was big, and he looked like he could fight. He looked rough, so rough neighborhood. <laughs> like a guy from a rough neighborhood. Oh, oh, we don't want to fight. So now, we're going to miss out. The window was open. God sent Moses to open the window. Moses brought him out. They got over there and started making excuses and fear caused him to miss the window. And guess what? The window didn't swing back around for 40 more years. Sometimes God opens windows and if you ain't ready to go through the window, you're going to miss out. And I believe there's some windows God knows you're going to open the window you ain't ready right now. You're going to miss it. Let me tell you what happens. Everybody knows and I was one of the people, I, I used to have to catch a bus when I was a kid. But think about this, when you get to the people say when you got to get to the airport, you need to get here X amount of time, whatever it is. People running. Uh, O.J. Simpson, locked up in our prison right now, but he had a commercial back in the day. They called him a juice. And he used to be running through the airport, jumping over stuff, trying to get that plane. Because there's a window. The door is open on the middle of the door on the plane. If you don't get in and get on the plane, you're going to miss your plane. And if you miss your flight, I mean, you know, it ain't simple to get another flight. When I was over in Brazil, I was supposed to come back home on such and such a day, 
Right? And so I had some other business. These guys were talking about doing some serious business. I said, hey, I need to stay a little bit longer over here. Right? I need to stay a little bit longer over here. And so my wife, she's dealing with the people on the, uh, you know, trying to give me another ticket. And so they wanted to charge me like another, like, two grand to change the ticket. So watch she's on the phone crying. Lady up, she's coming to her She said, remember, you crying over that? We didn't have it like that. Yeah, we didn't have it like that. But I just told her, I said, listen, you cry, do whatever you got to do. Get the people to fix the tickets so I can come home and talk today. Right? I went, I went to Brazil. I, I got to Brazil. I was just in Brazil for 11 days. I had $385, $387 in my pocket. You know how much I came back with? $387. I didn't spend nothing. Ate in the finest restaurants. Lived, we, we, we stayed in the beach house. All glass front. You know, a multi-million dollar setup over there. Now, these rich guys took care of me the whole time I was over there. And I was prepared to go sleep on the ground. I thought I was going to sleep on the ground over there somewhere in Brazil. Oh, we ate great. Caught fish. They just fed me tilapia that they caught at the back of the restaurant. That was some good food. But, but, but my wife, so she's, she's having to deal with this because, you know, we, I missed the window. Right? And so, so when you miss something that you're supposed to catch... Right? If, if you carpool going to work, they got the van, they used to do that. If you don't catch the van, everybody else is in the van headed to the job site. <laughs> Let me know what I'm talking about. You missed out. We headed to the work site. You missed, you missed the ride. God opens windows. God sends my vehicles. God sends planes. Planes, trains, automobiles to come get you. And if you don't get on with this time, you're going to have to wait. So I'm in a place in my life right now that I don't let people make me miss the bus. If I got people around me and they mind not ready to catch the bus that God opened the windows, listen, I done waited years on stuff. You're not going to make me miss the bus. Because you're scared or you don't want to act right. This is my bus. You stay sitting here for another hour if you want to. I got places to go. Yes. I got things I got to do. And I'm going to tell you what the devil will do. The devil will put people there. No, let's, let's take a detour. No, they said the plane's going to leave. We, we can't go in the shoe store right now. we got to get to the plane. This is going to leave us. i got a meeting in the morning. Well, you know, I don't really have no meeting. I don't have no business. It's not that important to me. So I'll make you miss your plane because it's not. No, I'll tell you what, you stay here. i got to go back to Houston. Listen to me. Two minutes, I'm done. God opens windows of opportunity and the devil will send all kinds of distractions to make you miss what God has sent your way. Now don't worry. He'll open a window again. But it may be a few years. Now watch, watch, watch what's passing. That's why church attendance is so important. Because church tends to get in the presence of God when you don't want to. You know you don't read at home by yourself. Right? So you come over here, at least you're going to hear from me. Right? So I'm going to keep you on track with God. I'm going to tell you stuff like this. So I'm going to have you ready when the window opens. I already have your faith charged up. We're going to get rid of your fear out here in the sanctuary. So when God opens up the window, yes! I'm not scared. I'm getting in. But if you stay away from God, you're not going to be prepared for the window. So the window will open, you see, look like God. I can't really tell. But I'm scared. Now, you need to spend enough time with God to know when the window, oh, this is God. This is God. And a matter of fact, these guys, when God was going to take them into the land, fall on milk and honey, very few blessings that God brings to you, they, they, they come with work. 
God ain't going to bring you really something real strong that you're not going to have to work hard for. But see, when we, when we stare in a blessing in the face, face, sometimes the blessing looks like work. But, but, if, it, but if it looks like work, God says you can do it. You, the decision is up to you. Do you want to sit there at the bus stop and wait another few years for it to come back around? I don't listen. I done spent twenty years waiting on some stuff. Ain't nobody gonna make me miss stuff now. Twenty, I'm telling you, because I was, I was either scared, I wasn't sure, I wasn't ready, I was listening to people. No, I'm forty-seven. Could be forty-eight in February. I don't have to make more four or five years one those away. You gotta be ready. And let me tell you something about people. People, they fly off on whims. You got people around who can't focus on nothing. They can't even make up their mind what they want to eat when they go to the restaurant. We get a 30 minutes when they make five bowls of chips. And you still can't make up your mind what you want to eat? We got to go. You need to eat these chips and sauce. Give them a case of beer right here. I'm going to order for you because we got to go. We got we to go. We can't just be playing around. Focus. You got you have to develop your relationship with God because God's gonna bring blessing. When you start praying what sort of things you desire, believe you receive them, God's gonna bring that thing to you in a window. And you're gonna say, God never answered my prayer. He did answer the prayer, the window opening. See, see, for me, if I miss the window, I'm going to give me two days to be upset. 